The Pittsburgh Steelers had the weekend off, but we did not hear the Lockdown Steelers podcast. We made sure to do some analysis here. My first question is one that we've seen fans talk about all through this three and three start to the season. Is Devin Bush a bust right now? I don't think so. I'm going to explain why right here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. We thank you for making us your first listen every day, and we are free and available on all podcasting platforms. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's Monday here. Remember, you can find this show on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, also YouTube. If you're watching this video on YouTube, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Be sure to like this video. Thank you so much to all those who do. It really helps us out. And if you're listening on Apple, leave us a five-star review with a positive comment on Apple, and you get a special shout-out at the end of the show. Wanted to lead off this Monday talking about a few things in review because, you know, bye week, it's a time to reflect, it's time to think about things. The Steelers are going to be doing that themselves, looking at film, looking at everything that they want to see here. But what we're doing here in Lockdown Steelers, I went back and I was looking at more film, you know, throughout, throughout the week, and it gave me some time to look a little bit harder at Devin Bush specifically because, of course, he's the highest drafted player in the Tomlin era. Of the Steelers, of the Steelers uh, uh, organization, uh, when you look at like, all their picks, he was picked tenth overall. They traded up to get him. Um, he was supposed to signal a shift of the defense and being an X factor guy in the middle of the field. Now he started off looking like he was becoming that his his, his rookie year. Then his second year, he was doing really well up until he uh, t- towards ACL. And that was out. Now, since he's been back, he's had some good moments, but he hasn't had the complete kind of play that everyone's expected. A few things here. First and foremost, people have to remember this kid is still a kid, all right? He's literally 23 years old and just turned 23 years old. So he's still a baby. There's a lot of college players that are going to be coming here that are older than, older than him. But on top of that, I think that what people are looking at is the raw stats of, of him. And they're, they're seeing, oh, wait a second, he doesn't have all the big plays. You know, uh, right now he only has 25 total tackles, only two tackles for loss. And those are his two, his two sacks. Um, you know, he, uh, he only has one forced fumble. He only has one fumble recovery, even though that fumble recovery did close out the game uh, against, against the Seahawks in, in overtime. Um, he doesn't have a pass defense yet. He doesn't have an interception yet this year. So people are thinking, Oh man, why, where, where is Devin Bush? He's supposed to be all over the field making these plays. And I've talked about this on Twitter. If you've seen my Twitter handle at Carter critiques, cause I've seen, there's been, this, this has been going on for weeks where if he's not the center of the, of the attention, he's, he's a problem. And I, I just, I think that's very short-sighted analysis by anyone who looks at this team and says, Oh yeah, Devin Bush stat line. He's not doing enough. It's, it's not that simple. You have to remember of what of how this team is built and what he's been brought here to do. First and foremost, anyone that thinks that he's going to be Ray Lewis, if he's going to be you know this big this big you know penetrating force that just destroys everything in the middle of the field, that's not who Devin Bush was picked to be. He was picked to be the middle linebacker, either the inside linebacker, excuse me, that's going to be fast enough to go tackle to tackle and help in coverage. And 
despite not having a, an official pass defense, according to um, the official statistics, he has helped in coverage and, and, and a lot. You know, people people re remember that interception that Terrell Edmonds had where Minka Fitzpatrick took the ball. The reason the ball was so thrown so high for him to tip the ball was because Devin Bush was running under his man. Um, I You know, I, I look at, at Devin Bush and people say, oh, well, he misses a lot of tackles. Like, well, that might be some recency bias there because he hadn't missed a tackle for three games before the Seattle Seahawks game. And the only tackle he missed was one time against uh, the bills where he had seven tackles uh, and was right up there with the rest of the team. Devin Bush is a lot bigger to this, to this defense than people, than people understand uh, just, you know, just by, you know, looking at the stats, you look at tape, there are times you think, man, he didn't do this here. He didn't do this here. But a lot of the times, he was drafted to be a faster linebacker behind a dominant defensive front. The Steelers' defensive front, Cam Hayward's been dominant. T.J. Watt's been dominant. Alex Hyde-Smith, when he's been healthy, has been dominant. But we know that Chris Wormley, Isaiah Bugs, and, and the guys that have been filling in next to Cam Hayward in the middle have not been. And that's where a lot of the offensive linemen have been getting to the second level on Devin Bush, on Joe Schobert, who I also think is not having a bad year right now. There's a lot of people that want to be, that would, that would be quick to be down on something with the Steelers, and I get it. That it's reactionary. It's what people do. They, you know, they, they when the Steelers aren't playing well, when they're losing, they, they, they want to point somewhere. They, they got to point fingers. They got to point fingers and find something everywhere. I'm not trying to point fingers. I'm going to actually just watch the film, let the game come to me as an analyst, and be like, all right, this is what I actually see happening here. Are there plays that Devin Bush makes mistakes? Absolutely. There's plays that everybody makes mistakes. If you go back and look at what Devin White did, does for the Buccaneers, there's plenty of plays he makes mistakes. But the difference is, is that he's often had a healthy defense around him. They've had they've had the, the guys up front keeping him clean, allowing him to process the plays. And remember, Devin White, Devin Bush, same draft class. Devin White drafted just a few picks before Devin Bush. And there was a reason he was drafted before him. It's because he's bigger. He has the prototype build. And they, they, they see him as being that complete player. Devin Bush, though, is what's needed at linebacker in today's NFL. There's a lot of there's a lot of people things that people don't understand with how fast running backs are, how quick passing is is taking over the NFL. You need a guy like Devin Bush to be able to change direction and play the way that he does. But you also need multiple guys there we're going to get to the rest of the defense just a, in just a bit here but first i got to tell you guys about direct tv stream does this sound familiar you've got one device that lets you catch the game live and another that lets you stream your favorite shows you're watching sports highlights on your phone you've got your neighbor's best friends logging for the good stuff well I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to get your, your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings out your live TV on dem and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Dot com compatible device required content varies by package Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, keeping it rolling with you on a Monday. Um, remember, we thank you for being our, our, our for making us your first listen in, in podcast every morning right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Steelers fans, we're going to address this defense a little bit more because, again, they're not elite right now. And I wrote about this last week for DKPittsburghSports.com as my Carter's Classroom Film Analysis. By the way, go subscribe to DKPittsburghSports.com. It's where I do a lot of my work when it comes to uh, breaking down the film. We have, we have a lot of great coverage there, so absolutely do check that out. But when you look at the Steelers' defense, you're, you're like, okay, I want to you want to see 
this defense dominating. This team was built around the defense dominating. And the defense hasn't dominated all the games. They dominated the Bills. There's no doubt about that. They did the best job of defending the Bills that any team has done this season. And yet there's, there's no way in the world that, that you can deny that. But when you look at what this what this team's been able been able to do you know they're not they're not the they're not the pressure team right right now you know the Steelers have led the NFL in sacks for four straight seasons unprecedented in NFL in NFL history that's in jeopardy right now they only have 15 sacks I believe that's seventh or eighth best in the NFL right now with a lot of teams ahead of them uh, when it comes to pressures they're a little bit higher they're 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 about they're about uh, sixth best in the NFL with 67 pressures um you know, and but they are doing really well because they're also not, uh, you know, they're also not blitzing as much. They are, they do have the highest pressure percentage of all, or the third highest pressure percentage of all plays at twenty eight point eight percent right now. Um, I, I look at this and I and I and I say, man, you know, I look at these things and I say, you know, when with the Steelers defense, what's actually going on here? They're not bad you know there are some people that are, that, are, that are out there saying oh the defense is bad just like they're saying Devin Bush is bad I'm like let's apply some context here for one good bit of these games the Steelers have been missing several key players Stephon Tewitt still hasn't played a single game here and despite what people might say oh well you deal with you deal with injuries as they come to Stephon Tewitt might it will not might be he's a top five interior defensive lineman in the NFL he had 11 sacks last year um from that position bringing pressure and as good as Cam Hayward is as great as Cam Hayward is the two of them being a a Batman and Batman come I wouldn't even call him Batman and Robin it used to be Batman and Robin uh with, with Cam Hayward and then Stephon Tewitt with the Robin but now they're Batman and Batman Batman and Superman everyone when they're both healthy and they're rocking and again that it's that combination up front that gives the Joe Schoberts, the Devin Bushes, those guys free reign to say, okay, what is the offense doing in the backfield? How can I make a play here? How can I use my speed, my agility, what the Steelers drafted before to go out there and, and shut things down? And, you know, he hasn't been there. Alex Highsmith has missed multiple games. TJ Watt has missed multiple games. Joe Hayden has missed a game. Devin Bush himself has, has been hurt. There's been a lot of things this team, this defense has had to recover from. But still, you would hope that the Steelers at some point would, um, you know, would would be able to 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 back things up. Now, when you look at when I when I'm looking at like you know how, where they rank in the NFL when it comes to passing yards, they're outside of the top ten. I believe they're like 14 or 15 right now. When it comes to total yards, they're also just outside the top ten. I believe they're they're, they're 12 overall with 352. When it comes to when it comes to rushing yards right now, hovering around that top ten range. I believe they're 11 actually right now, allowing 107 yards per game. Um, and points per game, they're also hovering just outside that top 10 range. So I, I look at that and I say, you know, those aren't bad numbers. Those are actually good numbers. So, I mean, you're, you're a good defense if you're hovering around the top 10 of the NFL. But this defense needs to be elite for the Steelers to win. If this defense is just good for the rest of the season, they're going 9-8, and 8-9, eight, eight and somewhere around then, there. But I do think this Steelers defense can turn it around. A few reasons why. One. This pressure is starting to ramp back up. You saw Alex Highsmith Sunday night football against the Seahawks and what he was starting to do again. Remember, he's a second year, third round draft pick. It wasn't going to come to him automatically, just like it didn't come for the offensive line automatically. You see that offensive line growing this year and, and, and their progress from week one against Buffalo, where it was like, uh, what are we doing here? And then you're looking at the Raiders and the Bengals games. You're like, man, this is rough. But then you saw like what they did against the Packers. And like, okay, there's a semblance there. Then you saw what they did against the Broncos. And they bullied the Broncos. And it was like, okay, that was pretty good. And then against the Seahawks, you saw another good performance. They're stacking good performances now. 
this defense needs to be able to do the same thing. And the only difference is that the defense has a lot higher pedigree players on it. You still got Mika Fitzpatrick, who I talked about last week, I believe with Brooke Pryor about him. He's not, he's not overrated. He's not washed. He's not, you know, he's not playing badly. It's just, Teams aren't targeting him the way that they targeted him before. You know, a lot of the targets, quote unquote, that he has are plays that are thrown underneath of him and he has to come up and help on. Um, and he's also been having to compensate for other guys being out and trying to help cover uh, for, you know, other situations. He's had to help double guys in the slot because they weren't sure about Arthur Mollette. He's had to help, you know, cover guys against with James Pierre because they weren't sure about him because he's given up a couple of deep balls this year. So now the Steelers are might start to find more confidence in certain players. Expect you see Minka Fitzpatrick more in that X factor role, less in the help. Let me provide backup to this guy over here and that guy over there. More about, hey, let me actually be a playmaker in the Steelers defense. And that's what these guys need to be allowed to be. They need to be allowed to be X factors. TJ Watt is an X factor. They're not going to have him try to cover for whatever. They need him to be an X factor. Devin Bush needs to become an X factor. I think it's going to take him some time, but I do think he's going to get there right now. He just needs to be kept clean, allowed to kind of find his feet again after his ACL tear and figure things out this year. But I think he can be an X factor. Cam Hayward is an X factor. He's going to be there. If Stephon Tui can get back healthy this year, to answer your question, Steelers fans, I know you're asking, well, Chris, is Stephon healthy going to come back this year? We do not know. The Steelers are being are, are all mums the word. They don't have to say anything while he's on injured reserve. That's a part of the issue here is that the Steelers are keeping everything very close to the chest. The only thing that we know about Stephon Tua's potential return is that about a week or two ago, he was seen on the Steelers practice field as photographed and, and, and put out there by the Steelers doing some doing some jogging, doing some light drills. Uh, we, you know, we cannot say if we've seen him in the practices. It's against the rules for the NFL. For those like myself who get credentialed to cover a Steelers practice, to be able to say, oh, yeah, I saw this this week in practice unless a player or a coach – tells us that and they're doing a very good job not letting that information out when we ask them so we don't know if Stephon Tua is coming back but even if he doesn't you still got players like Alex Highsmith like TJ Watt you know like Devin Bush who can be big time players Cam Hayward can, can still be up there Melvin Ingram don't forget I know Ian Rappaport at least a report that Melvin Ingram might be traded I think that's pure poppycock he would not be traded this team needs that healthy rotation of edge rushers and they know it and that's what he's signed on here to do so don't buy into that um, but you need to see James Pierre emerge as a true, reliable third option at cornerback, not just a guy that fills in, for, you know, and, and you hope for the best, but a guy that allows Cam Sutton to be that versatile player that lines up at outside corner, slot corner, safety, dimebacker, all the different positions. Um, and then you still have guys like that are role players, like Terrell Edmonds, like Joe Schobert, like Trey Norwood, who's come on very strong for this defense. He's one of the best graded dimebackers in the NFL right now, had three really good plays against the Seahawks. Uh, a stuff on third down where he tackled DK Metcalf in open, snape, uh, uh, open space, had another good tackle in open space on a third down, and then a, a third down breakup. Trey Norwood playing well, seventh-round rookie, role player. You don't need him to be X-Factor, but play your role. When you're put in a spot, win your assignment. You don't have to win your assignment and do the amazing thing. That's what Mika Fitzpatrick does. That's what TJ Watt does. That's what Cam Hayward does. But guys like Terrell Edmonds, Trey Norwood, Joe Schobert, even James Pierre, really, do just kind of be in position. Don't get don't get beat out of the spot that you're assigned to be in. And if the play comes to you, make the play then. 
but don't don't force anything. And I think that's been part of the problem is that the Steelers defense, you have to learn when you're a playmaking defense and when you're expected to be a playmaking defense, there's added pressure there because you're sitting there saying, look, we know the offense is not designed to get 30 points a game. This isn't the days of Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger in his prime and Heath Miller and a top five offensive line. Those days are long gone. So this team knows that the defense has to get turnovers. And sometimes, and TJ Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick can both talk to us about, th- about this. Sometimes that puts pressure on defenses to force plays. They start doing things that are outside of themselves. And when I say outside of themselves, it means you start to do things that are outside of your assignment and kind of try to be, do extra you know, techniques or extra moves or, or do things to ha- try to help someone else. And in doing so, you forget, hey, this was the whole reason this, this play was drawn up was to create this matchup situation that's not about just me. It's about the entire team. And t- some guys, teams forget, players forget about that when they're trying to be X-Factor guys. That's my that that's been my issue with the Steelers is that they've been doing that too much on defense. I think that the bye week is going to give them time to settle down on that. They face a tough ta- challenge in the Cleveland Browns, even with all the injuries they're suffering. You got to come into this game, take them serious, win this game on the road. I think it's going to be a big test to show how much more soundly they can play on defense. But we have, we have a lot more to go over. We're going to talk a little bit of offense in this in this show. First, I got to tell you guys about Get Upside. Hey, Steelers fans, this is Chris Carter with an, an incredible app. Everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. My listeners are making up to twenty five cents per gallon on every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app at, in, in the App Store and Google or Google Play right now. Use promo code Touchdown and get a bonus of twenty five cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to fifty cents cash back. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free. And use promo code touchdown that's t-o-u-c-h-d-o-w-n touchdown to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to three hundred dollars a month in cash back and there's no catch the cash back is added right to your account you can cash out at any time by going to your bank account paypal e-gift card for amazon or other brands just download the free get upside app today and get your promo code to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank again that's promo code touchdown to get 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank and we're also brought to you by built bar if you want to help you treat the treat that tastes like a candy bar built bar is the ultimate protein bar for you it's the official protein bar of the u.s track and field team and it comes in so many different flavors whether you want a fruity snack like raspberry strawberry or orange or something different like salted caramel cookies and cream rocky road or my personal favorite double chocolate built bar has so many flavors for you to enjoy and the best part they're all healthy they range from 130 to 180 calories they pack 17 to 18 grams of protein they have they only have four to five grams of sugar and only have 45 grams of net carbs that's a tasty and healthy snack that'll help you that'll save you from eating the snack you'll regret later and helps anyone stay on task with their diet order today and get your favorite flavor delivered right to your door by going to built.com that's promo code locked 15 at built.com and you'll get 15 percent off your next order at built.com again that's promo code lock 15 l-o-c-k-e-d one five all capital letters all one word for 15 off at built.com and wrapping things up here we're keeping it rolling here in the locked on steelers podcast we got to talk about the, the offense i spent a lot i just spent two old segments talking about the defense we got to look at the offense now the biggest thing that this offense has going for it right now is that Najee Harris and the offensive line are figuring things out. Najee Harris started off the season, you know, looking really impressive, but not really getting the getting the chance to shine because the Steelers offensive line just wasn't giving him too many opportunities. But when you look at what he's been what he's been allowed to do when you see when he's been given more carries and more holes to run through. You've seen him improve in the first three games, playing the Bills, the Raiders, and the Bengals. 
against the Bills, even with the with that being a good win for the Steelers and the best win for the Steelers they've had this season. He averaged 2.8 yards per carry, 16 carries, 45 yards. Everyone's like, what's that about? That's that's not what the run game is supposed to be. Then the Raiders game, 10 carries, 38 yards, 3.8 yards per carry. Yeah, that's not too much. For, Spengel's game, 14 carries, 40 yards, same thing, 2.8 yards per carry. Not good. Since then, he has done you, – you've seen him do much better – Averaged over four yards per carry against the Packers. Averaged over five yards per carry against the Broncos, getting his first hundred over 100-yard rushing game with 122 total. And then averaged around 3.3, not great, but a solid day against the Seahawks. Now, and that was also a game with the Seahawks, you could see, were just flowing to wherever he was going. They were going to – that That was what opened up the Deontay Johnson switch, uh, uh, jet sweep. That's what opened up the Eric Eric uh, Ebron jet sweep that got him into the end zone. Um but uh, but that's this is what I'm looking at with uh, with 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 uh, what the run game is is building here. You're seeing the offensive line start to gel more. When you want, if you if you want to watch tape yourself, you want to go back on Game Pass, or you have a, a, a game saved on your DVR that you want to look back at, or you see something on NFL Network. Watching these later games, how the line is combat is combining their blocks because early on you saw oftentimes let's say. Picking on two guys, Kendrick Green and Kevin Dotson, the center and the left guard. Kendrick Green would block a guy, but then let a guy go too early. Kevin Dotson wouldn't know when he was letting that guy go, and that was not that, and that would lead to him that that guy blowing up a play. It happened on on multiple occasions. Trey Turner, same thing with Kendrick Green. Just sometimes that he does something. Kendrick Green was supposed to either not let a guy go, or he was supposed to get a certain guy, and then Trey Green, Trey Turner is 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 then dealing with two guys that he's supposed to, and and that's going to uh, cause more problems there. The same thing goes to the offensive tackles. You see times where they're just not too sure when they're firing off. And that's the big thing here. Oftentimes when I talk to, to coaches at pro and college football and high school football, because I cover the high school football for Skylights uh, with Jenna Harner on Fridays at uh, Channel 11 WPXI uh, in Pittsburgh, the NBC affiliate here. Um, but when, when we talk to coaches, they all want you playing fast. They don't want you thinking at, at the ball. And I think that's a lot of what's been happening with this offensive line. You look at the hesitancy, Kendrick Green not really knowing where to go in the moment. He may know what the play looks like. He may know what the play call is and the name of the play call is. But knowing how to react in physically in the moment when there's 300-pound guys right in front of you and 250-pound guys behind them moving at, moving at the speed of light, that is a lot to process. And when you're still getting used to the NFL, that's what people say when, you know, the game is too fast or the rookies have to adjust to the game. That's why it's so hard to do that. That's why you know, they don't allow high schoolers just to go from high school to the, to, to, um, to the NFL. It's just, a, it, it's too much. And even college players, it can be, it can be too much. Um, but this is what I'm seeing in these last three games. You've seen Najee Harris get over four yards of carry, get over five yards of carry. I've seen them start to be able to say, you know what? This is our assignment. We're going at it. We're not questioning anything. We're going forward and getting it right. And there's, it's cool to do that and get it wrong sometimes. You know, sometimes you get it wrong, it can cost you big because then you're doing it. So sometimes you're a little more cautious. But that's the balance that they're dealing with right now. This run game is dealing with, okay, knowing in this situation we call this type of run play, this kind of power run play, which I think that Matt Canada is finally calling more for these guys. And it says, hey, we're not thinking about who we're hitting. We're just going and hitting. And that's what they've said all offseason long. You heard it right here on this podcast, all throughout the spring, all throughout the summer. You wanted to, you know, they talk about being being a, a more physical group, being more aggressive, setting the tone, being the guys that they're becoming the bullies of the uh, against the defense. And 
they've only done that really against the Broncos. I think that was the real, uh, you know, that was the real time that they really showed up like that. But they now know what they're what it's like to be the bully. That's the biggest thing for this offense. If they can, if if the offensive line can figure this out, and they, again, they don't have to be the number one rushing offense in the NFL. They have to be a top ten rushing offense in the NFL. If they can get to the point where they're hey middle of the road, ranked sixteen, ranked fifteen, like right around there. This offense is going to be fine. It's going to open up more play action opportunities, more jet sweep opportunities, more of the things that Matt Canada likes to base things off of. Matt Canada is a coordinator that likes to create mismatches, but to create a mismatch, you have to have matchups that you like in the first place. And the Steelers haven't had too many of those because Ben Roethlisberger has been good this year. Najee Harris has still been working to figure out what it's like to run behind this offensive line. There, there hasn't been that thing that that that, uh, that offense or defenses when they face the Steelers say, mm, "We have to stop that because if we don't, that will that will kill us." And with the run game. Maybe there's something there that they can start to build off moving forward. We're going to keep breaking this down. We've got Tony Serino tomorrow on for a Tony Tuesday, breaking things down right here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in tuning in, and making us your first listen of the day. We appreciate all those who support us and want to help us out here, the Lockdown Steelers podcast. If you want to support us, like the video on YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel. That really helps us out. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I'm Chris Carter. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Thanks to all those who do that. Check me out here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast Monday through Friday. We're going to be keeping it real with you all week long, getting you ready for a big game against the Cleveland Browns this Sunday.